You're listening to BAU, Business as Unusual, the podcast that is shifting the way we think, interact and transact. Pat. Joe. How you doing, mate? Not too bad. Good, good. Yeah. So uh, we're allowed to picnic here now in Victoria, which was which was nice. So yeah. What was your item of choice? Oh, that's it's hard to go past a little bit of. Um, well, I'm a Nova Scotia kid, so it's hard to go past some deep fried pepperoni, a little bit of honey mustard on the side. It's uh, not good for you, but man, it tastes delicious. You've told me of that. At first, I was shocked. And then I was curious, and one day I really want to try it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's good. You yeah. don't feel Picnic good. Weather, though, can you take, do you have, like, portable fries? Well, I wish, I mean, perhaps maybe that could be the, the business kind of um, thing coming, coming out of all of this. Can't cook at home and have your friends over? Here's our deep fryer <laughs> for the road. <laughs> Imagine the garden. It's just... <laughs> The beautiful smell of uh, chips wafting everywhere. It's like seagulls paradise. <laughs> uh, but no, um, yeah, cooked at home, taken taken on the ride. And, your, and yourself, what's what's your call on kind of um, picnic picnic food? Picnic food. Oh, it's going to be pretty boring. Dips and chips. <laughs> <Dips. laughs> oh, you run again. Something wrapped around a prosciutto, uh, around a melon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. you like that? That kind of little bit of um, textural difference. Yeah, especially if it's a hot day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's yeah. a bit of a shout. So the cold melon with the, yeah, with with the cold the... bit of dead animal wrapped yeah, around exactly. it. You say it so well. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose that leads us very well into where we're heading in that storytelling. Yes, yes. Um, this, this week, we pick it up. Around mm. what is storytelling? I was sitting down yesterday and thinking storytelling narrative. I thought we would distinguish what the two are today, yeah. And is there a difference? Um, and then take it from there, I suppose. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And there, there is a difference. Yeah. I mean, I think kind of storytelling is obviously it's the projection of of something, so it tends to have some level of kind of message involved in it, some tale, some way, and then kind of narrative is the way that you structure that story to be able to actually kind of tell that tell that to your audience so there's lots of different things around kind of narrative theory mm. but storytelling in and of itself is really it's it's as old as humankind right so the kind of you know as soon as we started to gather in any form there's a sense of kind of story that's actually shared and it's a way of you know at a very basic way of um, building connection but making sense of the world around us for sure. Um, I hear that as well. But then when I look at a narrative, I feel like a narrative. Um, a lot of people shape up what a narrative is around housing lots of different stories. So mm. a narrative is that structure, as you're saying, um, to hold lots of different threads go out from that. So it can be it's not the same story told differently, but it doesn't have an end and a start necessarily a narrative. It, no, no. It and holds it can be longer. And, and it's hold. longer. It's a bit like... Um, what is it, the fair go or just do it or the American dream for lack of a better, like that's sort that's of a an, cultural narrative. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. That people hold up and go, yes, yes, this is what we stand for. And then you can tell a story off the back of that. Yeah. For, and it, you know, there tends to be the kind of, I guess what they're doing there is they're, um, connoting belief, right? So kind of this sense of a shared, um, 
view on what something actually stands for and then the kind of the the enduring kind of i guess kind of belief is there but that will have originated through kind of many different ways of kind of telling that but the the narrative arc that goes with it is in those instances is more broken right because it's kind of the the american dream can be interpreted in many many different different ways but it's almost it's mythical and it's a belief um more than it is kind of anything anything else yeah and then you look at how that's constructed and it's constructed from many different stories told a certain particular way over time and then reframed constantly yeah yeah Yeah. for a certain purpose but today we're doing Mm. story beautiful story beautiful story and story usually has character Mm -hmm. plot yep start finish and a bit of pathos (laughs) <laughs> a bit of pathos, yes, in terms of kind of so that the pathos part is probably the most interesting part of story, isn't it? In that it kind of it it um, <clears throat> it's what's being conveyed. So it's kind of that that trade off, you know, which I always kind of kind of love. And you kind of look at any kind of story that's told. There's always there's a core there's a core truth in the individual who's communicating it, but then there's also a core truth in the story of itself. And those are often the best stories um, that we actually relate to because you see the person plus you see the point. For sure. There's something that reminds me of a really well told story is like a house being built and you walk into the house and you start exploring the house and you're like, oh, wow, that makes sense with this. This makes sense with that. And you start to see how the house is formed. And then, you know, you're living in the house for, say, a couple of years and then you find, like, the thing that's holding up the house and it's like a bean underneath the shelf, underneath <laughs> yep, the for sure. Yep. And you're like, oh, this whole thing mm. makes sense. And building that yep. whole a story around this message, because often a story contains a message. And then how to tell that message, I think, is the real art form. Some people tell a message by throwing it down the throat and reiterating and reiterating and reiterating what that message is Mm. and not giving much credit to the reader. Whereas other storytellers will really hide that message and really make it quite an interpretive dance between the reader and the writer. And that's such a beautiful play when it's done well, I think, and leaves a lasting resonance with the person receiving that um, Mm. and makes it their truth because it's open enough to interpret it in their life. And I think that's what's so beautiful about a well-told story. For sure, for sure. And that's that's ultimately the way that I guess, like the pathos broadly in both of those examples and whether it's kind of, um, you know, directly shoved at you or it's kind of told in a more kind of, I guess, kind of patient, revealing, revealing way is it's actually the character that of the story teller that actually comes comes across that kind of is at ultimately on on show and i think that's where you know what i've always loved about story is that you can tell exactly the same same story but yet someone is actually everyone's going to tell it slightly differently based off of their their character right so even with like um i don't know like surfing everyone will have be out there in the exactly the same conditions you know everyone broadly will catch the same wave on on a day but the way that people relate to that is that there's a character right there's part of them that is actually in it so some people will be super amped some people will be super chilled some people will be more kind of trying to figure out the bigger picture but they'll all tell it in a slightly different way but the actual kind of the message is 
the same. The kind of the, the actual pathos that's actually going on in terms of kind of you know this um, this kind of um, I guess interaction between you and the natural world, and in terms of kind of what that actually brings up for you around kind of peace, harmony, you know, surrender, all of this sort of stuff that's in it. That's interesting because it actually you know the way that the story's told is actually about the individual's character. That's it, and the narrative there is surfing. Mm. Um, however you want to say that but it's amazing I love what you're saying there because it really is that moment of it's a shared experience and then if you sat down with everyone in that time who was surfing that one wave and listened to all of their different stories depending on what you wanted to understand in that moment I think you'd hear a lot of different things where people were at in their life in terms of what they're taking from that is how they're going to tell their story and vice versa of what you're listening for as well whether you're listening for a certain purpose or it's just a reflection of the way your life is yeah totally and that's that's what's so beautiful about story is yeah. that it's it's a it's actually it's an in an exchange so at its at its very kind of simplest level and i think that's what you know for example when you look at politics really great politicians in terms of kind of that are great what i would say orders in terms of that they can actually tell a captivating story that is <clears throat> they actually become representative of, right? And that can be for good or it can be for evil in terms of kind of where it's actually at in terms of where they're on a spectrum. But they're able to actually capture a sense of kind of what everyone is actually feeling. And people, I think, again, if you spoke to them after kind of like a big rally, everyone would have a slightly different take, but there is something there in terms of actually in the story that everyone can actually believe in and the kind of the way that they've delivered it is that it's their character that actually shines through Mm. right so they actually they realize that in telling the story they're revealing their own character and i think that's a really kind of interesting you know thing like even if you just do the simple contrast like um donald trump versus scott morrison right scott morrison you know his character is um just as flawed um but yet it's not as revealed in terms of the way that he actually conveys himself right so he doesn't actually speak in a way that actually gives you a strong sense of his character. And that's actually his vulnerability as a politician versus kind of Donald Trump. You clearly know the guy is is what he is, right? You can like him or hate him, but you know exactly what he is. And the thing is, is that most people think he doesn't know. He's some buffoon. I think he completely knows what he is, right? And I don't think he's necessarily that comfortable with it, but he is what he is. Yeah. And that's actually his strength as a, as a storyteller and as a politician. Yeah, and it's his strength. I'd say that's his strength in narrative, like- like that is what has propelled him to where he is. I think he sort of, whether it was him or the people around him, the Republicans and people wanting to take mm. his sort of views to the world was saw it as an opportunity. And then I think they kept seeing that. I think that was through a lot of different strategy work behind the scenes and understanding the state of play in America and realizing um, how a strong character like that who can be a public buffoon mm. and doesn't mind um, will really rally people behind them because they really wanted that yep. that thing that was different to what was coming through the political doors and they sure. got behind Trump. And you're right, Scott mm. just doesn't quite have a mm. Scott Morrison here. Anyone listening out is our PM, yeah. as Joe just mentioned. Mm. Um, and he sort of, for someone who's a marketer, doesn't yeah. quite like hold true to anything it's more an opportunistic sort of take is his brand if he has one yeah like he will sort of try and swing something for his 
his benefit and try and capture it as if it is something that he's been running with. But if you watch it and know his past moves, they're quite contradictory to each other. Whereas Trump has done that, but there is definitely a similar line. (laughs) I'm not trying to help you out here, Scott, but there's just... He yeah. just doesn't, as you say, um, resonate with the people that well. But. No, he doesn't. And I mean, I think it's, if you go back through, you know, kind of if you've, you know, done kind of um, your classics at any, at any level in terms of kind of looking back is that, you know, this is as old as humankind in terms of kind of, you know, every Greek tragedy or kind of every kind of Roman opera or kind of every piece of Shakespeare is that there's always contrast in, in the story, right? But there's, there's only a certain amount of form of story in terms of actually what they're what they're told i mean some people say it's seven some people say it's nine some people say it's 11 i mean like with anything it's probably somewhere in that in that realm um around it but it's always about contrast that's the truth of it and it's this sense of kind of how then the character is actually actually played out that allows those simple kind of seven to eleven um basis of story to be different so you can tell a story of hope but you can do that through a character who is kind of you know or two characters between father and son mother and daughter flawed kind of achiever however you want to do that is that that's what allows those stories to actually have resonance because Mm -hmm. it's the character that sits underneath it that allows someone to to see right so the kind of the the person who's actually kind of the protagonist in the story kind of then allows us to either resonate with them or not you know and i often think that when i'm looking at story is kind of whether you're watching it or reading it is that who do you actually relate to in in the story is actually about where you're at more so than necessarily kind of what's what's written so I find it interesting, like if you go back and you reread things that you read that, you know, kind of, you know, meant the world to you, you know, at a, at a point in time, you're like, oh, this is it. Yeah. Right? <laughs> and you kind of, you go, you go back and you kind of, you reread it and you're like, ah, yeah. Um, was it? Yeah. <laughs> I actually wasn't, you know, it was kind of like, I was kind of looking, looking for that, right? Kind of like the old man in the sea. Like I reread that now and I'm like, uh, I don't it doesn't have the same kind of effect on me. But when it did, I was kind of realizing that I kind of, it was, you know, it was the strength of this man that I was kind of, as a young man, I was thinking that that's what it was, right? This kind of sense when I read it now, I'm like, oh, it's quite sad. This man kind of out in a boat all by himself, kind of fighting against something. And it's a story of loss. And I don't have the same, um, I guess I don't relate to it the same. Mm. Right? But that's about me. That The story hasn't changed. Yeah, which is, that's what I love about story is that it really speaks to that personal moment. And then, yeah, as you say, a well-crafted story really allows people to detach themselves to those characters and almost learn their own story or reflect on their own path um, where they're at. So then they really get a sense of, better sense of self and a better sense of awareness, I think, and learn lessons by listening. Totally. And that's what story has its its power, but has so much power story in terms of what it can contain in knowledge other than just personal empathy um, personal learning personal growth it it contains so much within mm-hmm. that and and it depends on the storytellers in the methodology like here in australia um first australians here just contain everything in story and you listen to their structure about how they shared story um and i don't know near enough but the stuff that i do know is it had a very big hierarchy and the hierarchy around it was about holding that story structure very very high up and only certain 
people would hear different things and it was a bit like i don't know the way it it's an imagine onto it but it was such a unique way of sharing and holding culture because the stories that were told were very mythical but the mythical story and like it's mm. it's a very spiritual very um it's a dream time story so sure. it holds person it holds spirit but it also holds this narrative of when a drought happens when something happens where to go where to find water where to find food and all these different um totems to look after land and care for land like it's so rich and that had been developed over years and years and that story being passed down it's just like a river in itself but that river playing with the landscape is beautiful but it's such a an amazing way of telling story um, and a way of structuring a society around story. I suppose we structure the story in the modern world, or not, sorry, pardon me, in like the world of the internet um, a bit differently. Dreamtime stories are still going on and it's how they interweave is a cool one there and trying to see that play out. But I don't know where we sit now is, is a unique place when we have... We've just come from looking at the media landscape mm. and just understanding everyone's a storyteller, which is a beautiful thing. Mm. Um, truth is up for question. And then we have a whole lot of different um, currents running under in terms of what stories are presented in front of you. Mm. But just draw it back. Yeah. What stories have touched you of late? Um, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, well, I think kind of, you know, I think a lot of the kind of the stories around kind of like, COVID are, are interesting because they're, they're ultimately about human vulnerability in terms of kind of the ones that are actually, actually told, told well. And, you know, I think what I kind of, you know, take from, you know, kind of this, this intersection is really that humans have, you know, if we were an alien kind of rocking up to, to kind of look at us, I think we would say we have two broad kind of superpowers. One is our ability to create tools or technologies to kind of solve the problems that are actually around us. And we're very, very good at that in terms of kind of, you know, but it's this belief that we can find, find an answer. And the second is really our ability to communicate through story, right? So, cause they're not, they're not fact. And like coming back to the kind of like the dream time stuff is that they're factual, but they're actually their guidance mm. and they're interpretive. And they're, and I think that's the part that I kind of, I've always really enjoyed in kind of any, any story is when there is, it's told like that, right? So it's kind of, it's not necessarily, it's just a dictum of fact. It's actually that kind of, it could be looked at this way. It could be looked at that way, but of it all, it's actually, it's just very, very human. And I think that's what, you know, it's interesting when kind of those stories tend to be the ones that actually endure and actually, actually connect people. So, you know, I think kind of you know, like the, particularly here, I guess in Australia, like we've been through, um, we're now, you know, famously the lockdown capital of the world. Um, most livable city. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the most lockdown city from the most livable to the most lockdown, um, you know, and that's it, going to take us a long time to kind of get back from that. Like it could be, you know, this amazing kind of um, rebirth. Yeah, for sure. Like yeah. we could um, show 1920s New York, what it, what it really is about, but it's, it's it's that kind of idea of um, I think what we've kind of gone through in that is that kind of it's where those kind of the livability here was really around this experiential city. And that experience has just been transferred because it is what kind of Melbourneians are about. And it's it's now in kind of TV in kind of what people are consuming, etc. 
But the stories that kind of everyone resonates with, they're just very human. They're very kind of, you know, people look at it and they're like, oh, I can kind of, you know, I can, I can see that. And that's what people have actually kind of spoken about through, through lockdown, right? It's kind of, it's the, it's the sense that it's just, it's very, very kind of, um, you know, and I think the thing that I look at at this time is actually that people are kind of a bit vulnerable for, for the first time. And I think that's, interesting in terms of particularly in the male paradigm like you know i think we're actually starting to talk about some of the issues that actually actually plague us whether that's in sport or whether that's all the way all the way through you're listening to bau business as unusual the podcast that is shifting the way we think interact and transact your hosts patrick beggs of per production a production house that works with organisations to create media that strengthens culture and communicates that culture to the world. And Joe Rogers, CEO of The Contenders, a brand agency famous for crafting brands which deliver results for those who work for them, shop for them and support them. For more information, head to baupod.co. And if you find this podcast insightful, please help us by telling a friend and rating us on iTunes. Thank you. Now back to our conversations. Yeah, the COVID experience is definitely stripping us back. You're hearing some stats going around and um, counsellors, psychologists are all across Australia, I think across the world, um, really experiencing high workload. One thing on that COVID story, mm. I don't know if people know, listening in, but uh, Melbourne just had an earthquake mm. and we were talking about surfing and the way different people interpret Yep. a uh, an event and how it interacts with their lives and i found this really unique about how that event was interpreted across melbourne stratosphere and then out to in so if you lived in melbourne how you interpreted that hmm. versus if you lived out of melbourne so we've got some family whatsapp groups going on and everyone has this sort of in australia i feel like or people connected outside of melbourne sydney feeling this sort of sense of feeling sorry for us because we've been locked down so much. Mm. And so on one side of the interpreting fence, we had, I had people sort of sharing the sympathy, sort of keep well and like, and I was like, where is that coming from? They feel like, like nothing really happened. Just to be clear, nothing yeah. really happened for that earthquake. It was yeah. just a tremor. I don't think anyone died. I think maybe... No, and a wall fell over. I think maybe one quite, wall quite, fell. quite likely was going to fall over anyway. anyway. So it was probably... If, if I was a tenant in a building, I was, I'd be pretty happy that yeah. occurred because that was clearly going to happen. Yeah. So not, nothing really happened, but there was this sense of like, oh, poor Melbourne. And then you'd, I tuned in briefly to some of the AM radio and different radio going on. And they were hamming it up, like, mm. Melbourne, you've been through so much. Call in, like, how terrible is this earthquake? I was like, what? Um, and then getting that, I think that was where the uh, sense of all people calling in saying, are you all right, blah, 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 mm. sort of this sort of a tragedy sort of petting. Mm. And then seeing some different, uh, just in my world hearing, it, it actually was so refreshing hearing people talk about something different than COVID yeah. and where they were, what they felt and totally. how that was, the earth moving and different yeah. interpretations of what that was for their life. Um, it was beautiful. And then I just saw a friend, he's a musician, and he was just, um, he, said, he said, what was his quote saying? Melvin, did you feel that thing getting your hips moving? And he has this like beautiful song and it's just been real funky and it was just great. But nice. how that was interpreted was mm. interesting and how it was perceived from the out to the in was 
so different. And yeah, for sure. Yeah, I don't know how you feel about that, but it was just an interesting one and says so much about where we are as Melbournians and then where we are as Australians and where we are as the world about how you interpret a lived experience versus how you live it is something so different, I think. Yeah, totally, totally. Yeah, yeah. I was just waiting for the locusts uh, to, <laughs> to come next. Give us reliving, coming back to the ultimate story of the Bible. I was like, oh, what's next? With pestilence, where's the pestilence? The toads, the frogs <laughs> from the sky. They have to have our pestilence coming coming soon. But no, I mean, I think it, it is, you know, kind of the, it's the emotional state, isn't it? That kind of actually, it's the zeitgeist that's, mm. that's out there. Because also during the earthquakes, we had... um yeah protests so you know they're kind of um you know uh, you know quite clearly kind of you know it's you know you look total population a very very fringe component of it but quite quite clearly have a message which you know needs to be listened to at, at some level there's there's no doubt but in that it's this like i was really struck by the juxtaposition right between kind of that you've got this kind of you know like how small are we in terms of the grand scheme of things that kind of you know we just live on this earth and this earth rattles and it kind of you know and that's just a 6.0 kind of quake it's nothing but yet everyone felt it right and on our end it was super cool kind of you know that's changing the water filter for off of our rain tanks and next thing i know i was like oh this is all i was trying to get the thing open and everything's moving and i'm like what's going on with me i was hitting i was hitting the head with a surfboard a few days before that and i was like oh my concussion is getting really bad right what is going on (laughs) i'm gonna have to do something about this but then you justify that with kind of like this thing that just makes you i mean you just we're so inconsequential in terms of kind of from from an earth perspective Mm -hmm. and then you get this kind of this sense of kind of you know you have these people that are protesting against something that again felt kind of infantile when you actually kind of look at it against kind of that so it's just this juxtaposition between this kind of this infant kind of acting out against against something with no real coherence like i always look for in rallies i always look for the coherence of the message you know to see kind of the strength the strength of the movement and it's it's like watching a rabble right around kind of like there's some trump flags there's some kind of like anti-vax things there's some kind of like i think like neo-nazi-ish kind of stuff there's some construction workers about kind of putting food on their on their family's plate and it's all intermixed in this in this group of three thousand people and you're like it's it's just it's not it doesn't say anything and you're kind of you're standing there but yet they're clearly frustrated which is all you look at it you're just like they're really angry right you kind of you perceive that and you see it but then you kind of you look at kind of the earthquake and you're like that's just happening on exactly the same time frame you know that these guys are kind of you know heading towards a shrine of remembrance you know kind of which again it's just if you if that was a real protest you would never in a million years do that in terms of kind of actually some level of organization it's probably the most sacred site in this country right and you're there sitting on it surrounded by police which has just never happened it didn't even happen during the vietnam war so it's kind of it's one of those things where you just look at it you're just like it just can't be real right the way that they're actually looking looking at this so it's kind of to me that's you know when you kind of think about story is that there isn't one right there actually isn't one with that that type of kind of protest movement like there's no coherent kind of overarching thing other than anger and then when you look at the earthquake it's kind of like well you just like everyone experienced it and it just makes you feel small in the in the grand scheme of things right it's just like the earth shook and that's and it's nothing but yet imagine how big that could be Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, that's an interesting one that you've just played out in front of us. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
Yeah. I've always get frustrated at the way media plays out. I think the way the story is told with mm. protest in terms mm. I think it makes it bigger than it is. Mm. And it's a dangerous thing. I think it's a business model that exists behind it. Everyone's going to read about it. Totally. Everyone's going to flick a page. Everyone's going to flick a tab. And everyone's yep. going to find out about it. So it's a dangerous thing. And it definitely plays into uh, extremist perspective. That's yep. like the tack no that doubt. always works there. So it just, it's like itching your that's why I like looking it for the, bigger and bigger. That's why I like looking at the banners. Like, I, I know yeah. that sounds strange. But like in kind of really like united kind of process, like Black Lives Matter stuff really united in terms of kind of like quite clearly people really believe in this so the media of course as you're saying pat they do exactly that and then they did it with this right they'll always tell that tale but if you look at the crowd there's quite clearly a sense of that we are united behind this issue right in terms of how, how big or small mm. i always look i look for the placards look for the flags and look for the slogans and for sure you know black lives matter it was all there and the right? thing black lives matter there's been some great journalism done around this mm. um and there is so many different mm. facts of that and interpretations of that of like very mm. committed groups who have really pledged their alliance of moving this movement forward for sure and the journal went through and had a chat Shout out to Channel 5. I think I've done a shout out before, but it's an interesting way of doing news. And he goes to all the different um, sects of how they interpret Black Lives Matter and how they should move about. And they're all different, but they all carry, as you say, Mm. a similar message. Whereas I think you're right in terms Mm. of what that spilled into was a moment. And I've been to rallies before and there's always... Yeah. Usually it was politicians, for my mind, that tainted the rallies when I went. Yep. Because it was just an opportunistic moment to just sort of say, get behind me and vote. Mm. Whereas it felt like there was lots of different... Looking at those banners, yeah. there was not as well organized and con- constructed ways of trying to get that to happen. No, no. And like, it's... Yeah, it just felt... It just felt like an angry, angry mob, right? Yeah. So it's, you know, it felt like a Simpsons episode, right? So with a kind of like, we're an angry mob. We need something to be ang- angry about. But, you know, I kind of half felt like driving in and like starting my protest against canned food, right? It just... <laughs> like, it feels, you know, which I'm passionate about stopping cans. <laughs> I'm not, but I'm just... I'm just... I'm just saying, like, it, it's one of those things, like, there's no story. There's actually... Yeah. There's no story. And of course, like media are going to use it to kind of um, play it out but the I get the story in that is kind of then about kind of you know really I think ultimately it's kind of about like police right in in that thing and that's kind of when the story that I look at through all of that is just actually how um how much that has changed right in terms of kind of the yes they went into the crowd eventually but i mean they gave them every opportunity for that not not to occur so if when you kind of look at that through you know i mean i was you know like back home like had in protest rallies and the police couldn't wait it was like they were just sitting on the other side just waiting for like okay one of them one of them pees in the street that's it you know we're gonna fire fire into them but yet now it's kind of like well we'll just let them kind of do what they do what they need to do so there's kind of the sense of that they're actually allowed to speak right they're actually kind of allowed we might not like the way that they're actually doing it but i mean i think if anything it kind of shows where we're actually at with with some of those things and the actual understanding around kind of that you know people have a right to get well, i wish that was a story i don't get that story no I think, but maybe it will be in the yeah, long term that's, i think that's a good story to have but mm. what's happened in terms of mm. in melbourne with the police and the way the protest is being governed behind in terms of what they're allowed to do mm. actually allowed to do a lot more 
Um, and it was interesting that they didn't. Um, and yeah. I think you're right. It's a good thing that they didn't. Yeah. But they do have a lot of power now. And they've only over the past couple of years For sure. have really consolidated that power. So it was interesting they attacked. And they didn't take it. Yeah. And yeah. they didn't take that. Yeah. So hopefully it's a good thing. But yeah, the story that's there. It's, but that's like any story. And I think that's what we're hitting on. It mm. is how you interpret. It's where you're at in your life. And it's the characters that tell it. Yep. Correct. And then I think the the real piece is that narrative. If you ever, ever want to pull a lot of strings together, is know how that they all sit together. Completely, yeah. So the and kind I of the the char- this character piece of of this this particular instance is you know kind of coming back to the the overarching kind of I guess theme of today is that so the characterization of these people is broadly about aggression right which is true right so the way that they've actually been characterized about their their story and their protest versus the police i think this is what i kind of really looked at like forget all the powers they do have for a second but the actual character that was actually on display was actually that the police didn't actually match aggression with aggression right so and i think that's the part that you know the kind of that i look back and i'm like that's really interesting that kind of the if you were kind of that's why there's no story to the movement because if you were if you really were kind of actually talking about this there's actually a genuine thing to talk about about kind of freedom of choice all of these things in terms of kind of a medicalized state kind of you know forced vaccinations etc there are some real public um i guess kind of um liberties to be discussed but they were not discussed right they weren't put across it was just this kind of go and scrap with the police but the police actually didn't hand it back and that's what i kind of look at in terms of the characterization then of this movement is that it can't be one because it's just it never will be because it's not a story it's not a story and the character is ugly and so therefore it fails on both counts of a good story you can have a really bad story amazing characters or you can have really flawed characters great story yeah well said i think that's where it's hit and i think someone behind in terms of the way the police move understood that um and you can definitely see i've seen it across social media people trying to play the story that you said and get the snap of police moving fast but when you actually draw out and look at it that's the danger game that we play yeah. with media you can just frame a small move yeah. and there you have and they were struggling to find that story but it's definitely been trying to be told mm, for the good sure. story that's there but yeah. the actual fact was that it, it just wasn't yeah and it, it, it can never be and i think that's the last thing to kind of like close on is that so mainstream story so forget whether you like it or whether you don't but kind of like a mainstream story and what i mean by that is something that is actually being people everyone can relate to is that it always involves that interchange right and so what has happened here is that it's it's a fringe story right and it'll actually always be niche so the kind of the the enduring image that most people will talk about in five years time is that poor guy from channel seven getting whacked on the back of the head by a can of v right v energy drink <laughs> the most angry drink you can drink being tossed and hit this guy who's just reporting at the and you know on the on the back of the head right so kind of innocent bystander story and so he's there telling the story gets whacked by the angry angry mob that is kind of what it'll be versus kind of i think the other parts of it are all very very small and narrow kind of stories in time yeah i hope that's the case um let's hope the mosbite doesn't get too big (laughs) it won't (laughs) yeah (laughs) 
Um, and then I think next week, I reckon it'll be uh, great to be able to unpack mm. a narrative if we could try and fit one on. Maybe let's move away from the protest, but understand yeah. what a narrative is and talk about how the stories fit in there. Yeah, totally. And so I guess kind of narrative, um, yeah, there's there's the theory of it, but then yeah. there's also the, the applied nature of it. So I think, you know, kind of we'll just chat through like narrative theory and then kind of, you know, how you look at that and then how kind of interplay can work and how people play play with that yeah all right sounds good cheers pat cheers joe all right stay uh non-shaken stay non shaken <laughs> shaken but stirred that's <laughs> it like a good martini <laughs> enjoy those olives i will <laughs> thank you for listening to bau business as unusual subscribe and learn more at baupod.co that's baupod.co